Um, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been waiting for this for, um, for a while. If I get emotional, bear with me, because it's my favorite subject. Carol and I are going to share a lot of heart with you today. We're going to share the scripture and what it means to us. I mean, it's our life. Um, and God's really rewarded Carol and I because of this. I want to just read you in, from the American Standard uh, just a quote before the psalm, Song of Solomon. Listen to what is being said here, okay? As human life finds its highest fulfillment in the love of man and woman, so spiritual life finds its highest fulfillment in the love of God for his people and Christ for his church. And when I read that, that tells me there ain't no success that you can find in business, that you can find in education, or even get winning the, getting the gold medal at the Olympics, then giving you the greatest satisfaction of being a God, having a godly love with your mate that you're satisfied with and that God's in the center of it. For my wife and I, When our, when our 25th wedding anniversary and we cried we grew real friends and we thought that would have been the highlight 25 years was a great celebration when we went on our 30th it was a better vacation two weeks ago we went to St. Martin it was the best <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Carol tell you why was it the best well we were having this seminar on our heart a whole lot <laughs> the big, uh, that was a big thing I mean we were just so uh, enjoying thinking about preparing for this that, that I believe that it was just it was just reviewing our past our life and the miracles and the workings of God in our uh, life. But I think it's just uh, God was just blessing us and he was in the center of the whole vacation where sometimes you go and you just kind of do your thing. It was just a, the most fulfilling vacation of, of enjoying each other and enjoying the area was fine and pretty and the beach was nice, but we just found such a, a, a strength and a love and a joining together that we haven't had. 33 years. <laughs> yeah. So I, have, I just have one prayer this week. That God turns the light on within us. Because what we share and what Carrie shares will be a good word. But if it doesn't turn on inside, three weeks from now you will have forgotten everything that we will share here. I'm going to share with you what some of the things that God did in my heart 
but because I had revelation, it drove me to want to become what Jesus Christ died on the cross for. And I pray that happens here with each and every one of us. And if I come across a little bit hard for the men, just remember I love you. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it talks about it scripture that we are people who are running a race a race we will win because we are committed to sowing training and practicing God's principles in marriage tonight we know we want to talk just about marriage I know everything in scripture pertains to the whole in God, the single, grandpa and grandma and everybody. But tonight, whatever I'm going to be sharing you for scripture is going to pertain just to marriage. Okay? Talked originally about the Olympics and it's amazing on how much practice, training, dreaming, and the price that they have to pay the things they have to go through to overcoming every obstacle sometimes that's put before them, the pain, okay? They're keeping their eye on the goal, and it drives them. The rewards are awesome, but only one wins the goal. Because of the cross, because of the Holy Spirit was sent to us, you and I have the best teacher, you and I have the best coach, that every one of us, when we get to meet Jesus, is going to give us the goal. I believe that because you and I have a coach that knows every thought in my heart. He knows what I need to do. And if I learn how to listen to him, I will win the goal. And I know when I meet Jesus that the greatest thing is I want to say and I want to feel proud of that I took care of my bride, the helpmate that he gave me. That is what I, I want Jesus to smile and say, Don, you did a good job. I say yes, but he's the one that taught us. He's the one that paid the price. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay. Uh, the song, that song, you know, let my name bring honor to the land, that just really uh, speaks loud and clear that our marriages are to bring honor. Uh, God says in Isaiah 55:11 that the word, his word goes forth from his mouth and will not return empty to him, but it will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. And I believe God's purposes are always for our good. And so when we look to the word of God tonight and his principles for marriage, let's believe for him to use them for the good to bring his life, his revelation, and his power into our lives. Um, you know, it's been said a lot about Don, and I know it's, it's kind of, sometimes it gets to be a joke with his, this marriage thing. This is this God, Don's thing. This marriage, here he goes again. And, uh, and you might get tired of hearing that, but that's where his heart is at, and God's given him a, uh, a burden and a, and a vision for it, and he's going to share that, that vision a little bit later. But um, this is God's thing, not Don's thing. I just want to make that really clear that it's, it's, and it's burning, you know, it's God burning in his heart, and my heart, uh, through him, having that burning, uh, 
that we might have transformed marriages to live the abundant life as a married couple that he intended for us. So, um, like Tim said tonight, um, the woodshed, uh, in preparing for this <laughs> teaching, um, I really felt that concept, but when he said woodshed, I thought, no, it's the, it's the, the grace and the mercy of God Amen. showing me my wrong ways, my attitudes, my weaknesses and lovingly showing me and correcting me. So it's the woodshed concept, but uh, he just showed me in, in, in that way that it's, it's, a, it's a graceful thing. It's, it's been the best thing for me personally. And I was sharing with Carol tonight, just uh, feeling a new, just a newness in myself um, and a strength that, that God has just been imparting to me as, I, as I've been preparing. So for me, it's the best thing to have to have to prepare this because he made a lot of adjustments. He made a lot of uh, uh, reminding me of the things I used to do and all the areas in there that I used to be strong in that I was just kind of lax in lately. Uh, he showed me my deficiencies, but he showed me his, his proficiencies. Uh, I've been digging deeper into the Word, praying, praying for the people coming, praying for what to share, uh, and been really humbled and, and repented a lot as he just showed me those areas. And just even... Uh, serving God and being his helpmate and just sharpening up those things that I used to just have so, you know, crisp in my mind and, and be walking in. So I'm just really uh, just awed at God's love and mercy just to, to, to use this time to bring me into it. Because I don't think I could be up here and share had God not done that work in me because it, it, wouldn't, it would have been me reading somebody else's ideas or just reading it without having it have the spirit in the heart of God. So I feel that the heart of God is, is in what we're going to share. Uh, so it's just been a healthy adjustment. And uh, uh, like putting this teaching together, organization is not a strength of mine. <laughs> Many of you probably know. And, and sharing my heart in front of people, which most of us, it, it would be a hard thing to do. And then I had to learn computer and computer things that was really hard to do. <laughs> that thanks to my daughters, I got through. And... Uh, and putting aside a lot of the daily things that I used to do, I, I really realized how much time I spent on non-productive things or things that were just not, you know, where I should be in my focus on my in my life. And I've been really praying, God, I want to be about your business. I want to be about my father's business, like Jesus said. And uh, he's just been so faithful and gracious to remind me when I do get off track. And I've recently been um, looking into more healthy ways of eating and, and uh, just really delving into that and spending a lot of time changing, cooking, eating, shopping habits and stuff. And it's not wrong to want to be healthy. And that's, that's a good thing to want to be healthy and, and be fit and take care of our bodies. But I found myself being so overly consumed by it that it was a, a real large priority in my life. And I really had to confess that and repent before God and just ask him to help me balance that. And I'm still eating healthy and I'm still doing that, but it's not consuming me, if you know what I mean. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now I can get on with what's important in, to God in my life. Okay. So, um, so just bear with us as we we uh, share our hearts. Okay. Now I in your notebook, I've um, put together just some scriptures that I will be um, just making comments on. We've also put extra paper in there for you um, uh, to make notes on. 
Okay, now on there, when you turn to the first page, uh, if you didn't get your picture taken or you haven't got one, see Shelly, they know she'll help you with that. But the reason for that picture is that God wants to take our life and so enrich us with his presence that when people come, when people see you, they will see Jesus. When they, some people, the only Jesus that they'll ever meet is what they see in you. And so that's the reason for that picture. It's to motivate you every time you open that up, and it's to remind you what God wants to do with you. I believe if you're here this weekend that God wants to do something. He wants to have there here to be an impartation of faith and of understanding what God wants to do with you as a married couple. Okay? I want to just start, just make a comment about Genesis. I won't spend a lot of time in there. But that God created a perfect man in his image. Now, God created a good man. He didn't create anything that was junk. It was a good man. He was a strong man, very intelligent man. And also, when God created a woman, he created a woman that was a helpmate for him. And I bet you Adam was just blown away by what God created for him. Well, then you know the story of Genesis. Man fell in, I mean, Adam, Eve sinned, and they both fell into sin. And then from there on, it took a different course. And it says the first thing Adam did in Eve is they hid from God, and they was ashamed. And I think that as Christians, we can sometimes be very ashamed of how we act in our house. And God wants to remove that shame. And when we make mistakes, he wants us to be able to deal that with that right away so we can go on with the work of God. Okay? And also it is, and we can see it's true today, that, and, and that in Genesis 3.16, or in Genesis 3, uh, and 3.12, he said, after the fall, it is our nature to do that which is displeasing to God, self-centered instead of God-centered. Our tendency is to blame those closest to us to protect ourselves. Genesis 3.16, it says, our wives by nature will have the desire to master their husbands or manipulate them. Yet the husband has governmental authority and he shall rule over him, over her. Sin came into this earth, sin came into the earthly scene in the first marriage, into the first family there was division and hatred. That is where the devil began his deadliest work. This is why you will never build a strong marriage accidentally. You will never build it unconsciously. You will have to work at it, pour your life into it. But let me tell you something. If you pour your life into it, with Christ being at the center, the rewards are so awesomely great. That's right. Jesus told a story about two men and two houses. One man was foolish, and the other was wise. One built his house on sand, the other on rock. Yet they each face rains, floods, and winds. Likewise, every marriage will encounter the elements of conflict. Sometimes there will be small conflicts, sometimes major storms. Some crisis develops 
over a long period of time and others blow up suddenly. But conflict in one form of another is inevitable. Let me tell you something, if our marriage isn't built on biblical principles, now we've all heard the biblical principles of being baptized, accepting Jesus as Lord and all that, but I'm talking about principles over here where the husband is full of the Holy Spirit, where the wife is full of the Holy Spirit. Because if the two of us are totally full and understand God's biblical principles, when the winds blow, we will stand and we'll know how to deal with the conflict and it's not going to tear us apart. So that's going to be our whole focus here tonight is being filled with the Holy Spirit and the revelation of what it takes to be a man. And let me tell you something. When I read in scripture and I see Joshua and Caleb, those are the kind of men that I want to see my character formed after. If you read the story, there were 12 men that went out there were 12 liters at that time. Ten of them had grasshopper mentality. Joshua and Caleb believed God. And I am believing that every man in this room that gets touched by God, there'll be no wimps over here. There'll be men that'll stand up. And I tell you something, our wives will be proud of us. Amen? Amen. And it's not to say what... And I want to just share a, a word to, to the women... Um, you know, my wife will share it later on. But, you know, we men have made a lot of mistakes. I mean, I, you know, I thank God that sometimes he sure got grace on our wives. Because, I mean, I, you know, the only reason I'm up here I can share is I've made so many mistakes and, so many re and repented so many times that I've learned to get better along the route. Because if I hadn't gotten better, it would have gotten worse. Not only for my wife, but with God. You know, so I, I want to share that way. God's got, God's going to have his way with, with the men. And women, just, just believe it. <laughs> now, there are 36 couples here. Now, I've read a, a number of books about marriage, but it seems that everybody had just lots of good ideas, but they didn't always apply to Carol and I. There are 36 couples here. 36 different couples, 36 different plans that God has got for you. It's just like your home. Every one of you live in a house. There are 36, if it's an apartment or a house, there are 36 different houses here, 36 different ways that it's directed. Everyone's got their own personality. Okay? Now, the key is going to be God himself holds the secret to the plans on what's going to give you an awesome marriage. And that's what we have to understand. It is God himself that knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your weaknesses. But he wants to see every one of us have a magnificent plan if you just believe him. And you'll find the highest fulfillment that a human being can have in this earth. Okay? One thing is that God um, showed me, and I'm going to share this with you uh, because it's an awesome revelation for me. Wasn't it, well, we hear it, but when God says it, it's something different. Um, says, I'll read this. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, My wife is God's temple, and his spirit lives in her. God says if anyone destroys his temple, he will destroy him. But God's temple is sacred. We are that temple. 
Well, after I had um, come back from Toronto, we've had some real good experiences up in Toronto. And um, up at Toronto, it seemed that we had a little bit more boldness on how we prayed together. My wife and I were, um, we, we, when we go to bed, we lay hands on each other and we pray. And sometimes if I'm too tired, I'll fall asleep and she prays. And then, but sometimes in the morning, I'll lay hands on her and I will pray over her. And, uh, and you know, it's amazing how she's dead asleep but she knows that I prayed over her. Something, you know what, when we do things, pray in the supernatural, things happen. I, I'm just reminded with uh, Carol and I, and uh, Larry, I think at that time was, uh, I think about nine, maybe about eight, nine years old. And uh, I, uh, I, I don't remember what the, what the situation was, if he was sick or whatever it was. But Carol and I at night, we would go and lay hands on our son. Just we wouldn't touch him, just right over him. And we would pray in the spirit. And I tell you, they would move. There is supernaturally, things are happening when we pray over our kids. And, it, and Carol and I would walk away from there. We were just praising God. Amen. Didn't touch him, but something was happening in my son. We would do that with our children. And so when I prayed, would pray, I prayed for Carol. She would know that I was, I, I was, I, I was praying for her, okay? One time, I'm praying for Carol. And all of a sudden, across the bed, I felt like I didn't see, but I felt somebody there. And, and I heard this voice. Don, she's my doctor. I love her. Take care of her. That's a sobering thought for us men that we are married to God's doctor. I said, yes, Lord. <laughs> so, now this is the next area I got here. I said, as a husband, I'll be either spirit-filled, God, which means God-centered, or self-centered, flesh-centered. I find that when I, some of my most difficult times is when I'm self-centered. I want things my way. And it is not until God gets a hold of me and reminds me about my actions. Mm -hmm. I find that it's always not very fruitful in our relationship. God wants to change, continue to change us from the inside out. I know that God put, has put a, God wants us to realize who we are, and he has put together a master plan to fill the earth with people like himself. And I don't believe his intention is to fill the earth with people of Satan's people, or to be, fit, to, to be uh, under Satan's authority. God is filled, wants to fill the earth with born-again Christians. That's the way I see it people like himself born in, in his own image. Satan, by the way, has also put together a master plan, deceiving people whereby they will not understand God's plan. The Son of God appeared for this purpose. They would destroy the works of the devil. But it's amazing on how many times, even as Christians, Satan will try to keep us locked up. He can't have your soul, but he can have your testimony. 
And this is what we want to do tonight, is to get rid of all of that so that our life will be continually be a testimony for Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to go into Ephesians. Next page. Ephesians 5.22. It says, Wives, be subject to your own husband as to the Lord. Paul writes with this with an understanding. If you, read, if you read all of Ephesians before you get here, you'll see in Ephesians 5.18, he talks about being filled with the Spirit, which is, which is different than the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit, uh, I'm doing some studying on it, it means that a man of God, that a man that's before the, the Lord, his word is being deposited within him, that he's continually being reminded, meditating on, uh, what the Spirit of God would have him be, especially in the marriage relationship. Okay? So Paul writes with this understanding that the husband knows the Lord and is full of the Holy Spirit. She submits to the leadership of Jesus, the character of Jesus formed in the man. The problem today is if man is not submitted to Jesus, the woman is submitted to flesh and bones, self-centered. It's possible as a Christian to be flesh and bones, self-centered. So I'm going to just turn it over here, turn it over to Carol now. I guess uh, the next step, if you've got my sheet there, I've got an outline. It just says uh, the joy and fulfillment of submission, or uh, the introduction in the middle of the page. And I don't want to belabor too much on that, but I know that that's really an area that a lot of women go back and forth with as far as submission and just to set the record straight um women woman was made by god to be under authority it's just the way she was made she was created to be under authority to have to be ruled and and it's and it's a good thing um and there's a scripture that says you know that men are to honor the women as the weaker vessel we're, we're made to we're equal in inheritance and in all the promises of god but we're we're to be under authority and, and for good purpose. Um, in a marriage, if there's two, two, uh, we have two wills, two intellects, two emo set of emotions, and only one, uh, to keep it from fracturing, it says one is charged by God to lead and the other to follow. And it's, it's, real, it's a real simple thing that God designed in the very beginning. And I, I think that's something we, we stray, even as strong Christian people who know these principles, it's like we compromise with the world standards and we listen to what the world says about feminism equality but god has it very clear in his word it, it's his original design for women to, to to submit and to respect their husbands and uh, a, a good concept i, I thought of is um, and i read was when uh, we live with our parents uh, the woman is up to honor and to obey her parents and she's submitted to them so to speak uh, to their leadership to their authority in her life and she just transfers that when she gets married. It's, it's rather an easy concept if she has a healthy relationship with her parents. And the same for, not the same for a man. A man uh, is under the authority of his parents when he's a young man at home. But then when he marries, he has to take the lead. And so that's a, a great transition for a man. And I, I thought about that. I thought, wow, that's really a, a, a quite a, a difference in the two. So it, it's just a real... Um, eye-opener on how we ought to as women just 
especially new couples that are newly married, and there's a few of you uh, engaged couples uh, <laughs> that are getting ready for this. Just uh, remember those things, that that's, that's a transition, especially for you girls, to understand that that's a big transition for, for the guys, and it's almost an easy one if you have a good uh, working relationship and, and loving and honoring your parents and obeying them. Uh, it's an easy one to just transfer that uh, and under, under your husband. Um, the dictionary meaning of submit was interesting, um, and it's really very biblical, too. It's to offer oneself of one's free will, to cease to offer resistance, and to defer to another's wishes or opinions. Um, I thought that was really, says it all. When we submit our lives to God, we become more willing to obey his commands to submit to our husbands also. So when our lives are submitted to God, it, it, it should be it should be a natural, easy thing to do um, if we love the Lord with our whole heart and want to serve Him and His purposes. We want to obey Him. That's one of His His, his uh, commands is to submit and to respect your husband. Um, in Ephesians 5:22 and 33, wives are simply asked to submit to their headship and to respect their husbands. And um, I looked in the Amplified ever had an amplified Bible they're wonderful because they ex extend the meaning of, of it and to respect and get ready because there's about ten different things about respecting but I think women take heed because these words are all the underlying meaning of respect it is to revere to notice to regard to honor prefer venerate esteem Defer to, praise, and love. That was, is what respect means. So, to respect our husbands is to honor, prefer, notice him, defer to. In, in other words, his 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 uh, counting him as better than ourselves. What he uh, just defer to and, and, and honor him. Uh, okay. So we got that all down with us. <laughs> That's a big, big mouthful, but it's it's, uh, it's God's word. Uh, and I'm really thankful that God made me a woman. I mean, um, and wives need to be as supportive and helpful and encouraging in the role that, that uh, God gave to us. And that in in Genesis, we're we're the helpmate. We're the one to help our husbands to become all that he can be in life. And that's that's really an honor for us, isn't it? And to ask God to give us a grateful heart because, uh, and not put these expectations on our husbands. Uh, even if he's not fulfilling responsibilities that we feel he should be fulfilling, even if he's not obeying God in, in certain ways or whatever, God, God covers us because of our obedience to himself, to his commands and to, to himself. And I find that God's commands aren't burdensome because he gives us the Holy Spirit. And so that's, that's just something to, to consider that uh, there's been times that I've not thought that Don was making the right decisions or he wasn't being as loving as he should and obeying his commands. You know, just, just sometimes. <laughs> 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 he looks like a little puppy sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to, uh, okay, stay on track here. <laughs> uh, so if, I, if my heart is to obey God is what I'm trying to say. 
if I sub- submit as to the Lord in Ephesians 5.22, if I submit to Don as I do, as, it, as if he was Lord or as I do to the Lord, I should do it unconditionally, no matter how he acts or what, what he does, uh, if he's loving or harsh, because I love God, and first and foremost, I should obey his commands. Okay, I know I kind of duplicated what I said, but good to get it across. Okay. Um, and Don, Don, you know, you know, most of you know Don, and he's got real persuasive personality, real strong uh, convictions, <laughs> and he, he just, he, he doesn't, if there's a problem, he will resolve it. I mean, he calls on God for the grace of God to, to do it, but he just plows through until the problem is taken care of, and he, he just has a passion to, to, to get on and, and, and God's purposes, and if something hinders it, he gets mad, and so he just, He's strong persuasion, and that's really challenging for me in my uh, personality. And uh, and I used to read him as being against me when he was that way, but I've come to find out over the years that he's really for me, and uh, he's just very passionate about just things being right and, and not getting off track with, with God. So, uh, so now I'm able to express my views without being intimidated and on any issue and know that he's not against me, he's for me. Okay, so that's, that's good for husbands to hear that part too. Um, I read it in a book, just a little quote, it says, women are never in an inferior place when she's in the place where God created her for. And I think that is something, I'll say it again because I think it's really important. Women are never in an inferior place when she's in the place God created her for. Um, so Jesus submitted his will to the Father, and then we honor him by following his example of willingly following our husband's leadership. And submission is rarely a problem in homes where both partners have a strong relationship with Jesus, and each is concerned for each other. And it's, it, that's, that's really profound. I, I really find that true in, in most of the marriages I've seen, where the, both partners love the Lord with all their heart and want to serve him and obey him, and they love and are for each other. I, I, submission isn't a problem. It's not an issue. So, um, I kind of want to talk about differences. Don and I have a lot of differences in our naturalness. Um, sleeping habits. He's a early riser. I'm a late to go to bed and late riser. Uh, eating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We both like to eat, I mean, but our eating habits are real different. And um, uh, he's very punctual and on time all the time, usually early. I'm late, and it causes conflict. He's uh, very serious and intense. I'm real easygoing. He's very meek. I like to make clutters. Uh, I don't like to make clutters, but it, they just happen. <laughs> <laughs> they just appear. <laughs> Oh, okay, good. I'm not the only one. Uh, even garbage. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's really funny, and it's just really, it's really funny because he doesn't like to go under the sink to put garbage away because it's just a hassle to open the door and put it in because it's kind of under there. And I love it there because my, my everything's there and I'm cooking and shopping and it's there. So he has a garbage on the outside of the counter, and I have a garbage under the sink. We've got a lot of differences. Um, 
and raising and disciplining our children was a big one. Um, and I'll get into maybe that when I share a little bit of my testimony. Um, but I, what I want to say with comparing our differences is that we've come over the 33 years now to appreciate our differences rather than buck each other and see that, oh, you're that way and you're that way. It's, it's like we've gone through a lot of, uh, a lot of tears and a lot of uh, arguments and differences about those areas and quite a few more, but we've come to respect the differences and appreciate them in each other. And I would just encourage you in that. And I know Carrie's going to talk a lot tomorrow about differences also, so I won't further that. You enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> you like the garbage cart, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time he does. Yeah, he does. Okay. Okay, I, I think at this point, hmm, you want to say something? Yeah. Talk about uh, differences. Um, <laughs> I'm more known as meat and potatoes. I just love steaks and things like that. <laughs> Carol likes salad and Mexican food and Italian. And, uh, and sometimes, and I don't know why, but Italian food just don't appeal to me, you know. And uh, you, you don't. <laughs> and I and I just couldn't under, never could understand why people get so excited about Italian food because <laughs> I love steak, you know. Uh, but you're maybe about six months ago, talk about change, I said, I'm going to ask the Lord, Lord, help me change. And uh, we started going out with some friends, and I ordered some Italian dishes. Carol said, you know, it's amazing you want to change. Sometimes your mates don't want to help you change. <laughs> you don't like Italian food. <laughs> I, that's okay, I'll try it, you know. And you know, then the next, you know, the next time we went out, they ordered, I don't know if it was the next time, but we went out again, I ordered Italian food, you know. She said it again. Why are you trying to order, you order Italian food? You don't like it. <laughs> she thought I'll just try to really please her. But some of that was the reason I started. But you want to know something? Because I tried to change. I really found some dishes I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> into a little more serious tone here, but just, uh, I woke up Monday morning after having all these wonderful notes, pretty much all done and what I was going to share, and um, God says, share your te t share more testimony. I, I kept getting the word testimony, testimony. And I thought, oh, I'm testifying of different things of what we've, you know, gone through and different things in our life, and, and it just kept coming, and it finally, I talked to somebody, I think it was Gladys, and I said, I just keep getting this this uh, testimony. And she says, that's what you need to be doing, is sharing what God has done in your life and go back. And So he said, be exposed so he can be glorified. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> because he's done such a great work. And I, I know we're all here because we, we honor and want to obey God and we love God with our whole heart. 
And uh, so uh, I guess in my journey of 26 years as a Christian wife, I have come to testify of the mercy and the grace and the goodness and, and the power of God. I've seen miracles and seen things uh, happen and big miracles, little miracles in our, our family and our life. And uh, so I want to give you a background of my life before that. And it's just really short, so I'm not going to bore you with details of, of my childhood and things like that. But um, I was raised in a, a loving home, and my parents really loved me. And uh, my sister was 11 years older than me, and we didn't have a lot of communication. It was it was like I knew they loved me, and uh, my dad tenderly touched me and, and hugs, and uh, my mother, you know, was a loving mother. And yet there was not a lot of uh, relating and conversation in, in, within our house, and and so uh, that's just the way it was. And uh, things were like surfacey and superficial, and never really got to heart heart of things. And so, uh, and I was unchurched. Uh, my mom was saved when she was in an orphanage, and uh, but she kept her faith in God, which she really did lo- come to love the Lord. She kept her faith. Uh, to herself, and I think she has said that my dad had quenched that in her, so she would play hymns on an organ when I was a, a little girl, and I could remember her getting done, and I knew she was, you know, singing and, and praying to somebody, or I didn't know what the word pray meant, but just talking to somebody, and she'd have tears in her eyes, and so I knew, you know, as I grew up later, that there was this, this uh, love relationship she had with the Lord, but it wasn't given, passed down to my sister and I. There was just not a, uh, I guess, the way she was raised in an orphanage, sheltered and, you know, protected. And, and then with my dad not um, supporting her in her Christian walk, so she kept it inside. And so, therefore, uh, I didn't get any churching until I started going to church with uh, Rick's uh, dad and his uh, and two sisters, my cousin, uh, Rick Capone's uh, dad. And, and we went to Catholic Masses together. And once in a while <laughs> I'd go with them they went every Sunday but I would go with them once in a while but I was really afraid of God through that because they only spoke in Latin and it was really you know scary especially when you're a young kid you know it's like I didn't understand it and, and then they put the water on I was really I really was afraid so that was my total concept of God and Christmas and Easter were nothing to do with with Jesus or God at all and so and then um, as I grew up I was always a follower kind of like a, a chameleon type of person, just kind of whatever people did, I just kind of went along with, easily swayed. I was real self-conscious, um, especially as a teenager, I had uh, real bad acne, and then I developed scars, and then I was extremely thin, so I had all those things coming against me, and a real low self-esteem, and um, and I kept my feelings really suppressed, and I think, you know, through, through the way I was raised, too. And I grew up with not too many friends, and kind of a sheltered, protected life, so, and my parents were strict, I thought, but uh, I praise God for that now, because they saved me from a lot of heartache, and uh, so I really love my parents, and uh, I met Don when I was 16, and we got married just before I turned 20, and in 1972, I had four children, and Don was given to real hard work, and he was, Don was driven my dad. You want to share anything about being driven by my dad's uh, words to you <laughs> before we got married? Yeah, Leon was, um, he wasn't a non, he was a non-believer, 
But whether you're a believer or a non-believer, you know men. And he um, he looked at me. He says, "This guy is no good for my daughter." <laughs> and uh, I was I used to be a sweeper at American Motors, and he was, and he was an engineer, and he wanted his daughter to marry somebody, you know, that had some education and uh, was going to be a somebody. Mm -hmm. And um, he called the cops on me one day. <laughs> and he said, uh, and he called me up. He says, if you ever see my daughter again, I know the cops in town and I know how to put you in jail. <laughs> so for 30, <laughs> for 30 days, I didn't see Carol, but you know how men, they can manipulate and I know how to how to make contact with the girl. Carol worked at the insurance office and I used to call over there and we made put together a plan and, and, <laughs> and one day when she was going to be at home at a certain time she was going to be sitting on his lap and I would call at that time and then she and Leon said, Phil, you really like this guy and so he let us back dating again but mm. in a way something happened within me. It, 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 marriage to become clearer and clearer to us. And I think, you want to talk about your vision? We're going to talk about that later. Vision for marriage? Okay. Um, his design for marriage was just became clearer as we studied the word, and rather than living by the letter of the law, which I was doing, and, and so was done in a lot of ways, the Holy Spirit began revealing how we were to be living out his word by his power and influence. And the truth began setting us free. And God showed me what my part as a wife should be, and I found just such a great joy in putting his principles to work uh, as the Holy Spirit helped me understand and obey. To submit to my husband was easy because I love God so much, and in Ephesians 5.33, to respect Don, and then to be his helpmate in Genesis 2.18. So I was really stretched to fulfill that, you know, but and because and, Don wasn't real involved then in raising the kids, he sometimes at that time worked like 18 hours a day and but i felt god's grace and power to enable me to do it because and, and he filled me with joy to be able to do it uh in my role as a wife and, and support and helpmate um so god gave don a vision of marriage and he began digging into every book he could find on marriage <coughs> and tapes too well here's kind of what happened um First of all, when I got picked to be a home group leader, I got this call at six o'clock in the morning at the house. Uh, Carol, I was the first, in the, amongst all the nuns, I was the first man in that group. And then there was an older guy that came on in and then a couple of college kids and I got a call. And these guys are really, these people are really praying in the spirit. Well, I got a call at six o'clock in the morning and um, they said, we're coming over to see you. I got scared. <laughs> <laughs> I said, they're coming, just, you know, they're being led by the Spirit. They're going to come and let, tell me all the things that I've done bad before. <laughs> and the sweat was really short. <laughs> but they come to you and ask me to be the prayer group leader. And I, you know, I'd only known just, uh, 
you know, been involved, I think, in the church only about maybe six months. And But I tell you something, I, after they asked me to be a prayer group leader, every day I was listening to tapes. I was so persuaded on listening to study. Sometimes I'd even put, because I had such hunger and zeal, sometimes I would put even a tape recording, you know, and you know how it is, you, you read these magazines, you know, your subconscious mind. You can, so I was doing everything I could do to get the word in my heart. <laughs> now, in the process of all of this, okay, I had been, by that, by the way, by this time, no, I hadn't been. I had, uh, I wasn't, wasn't baptized yet in water. But back in, in the Catholic Church, they always talked about confession and communion. But they always taught this. If you really never was a repentant guy all the way, they called this thing general confession. And you know what? My life, and I'm not going to be able to, your time's going to allow it tonight, I ain't going to be able to go through my whole story. But I had such a bad life before I got married. And after I got married, I, my those first eight years, I became everything her father feared that I would become. And I was a believer. I mean, he predicted every time, right on what I was going to be. So I had was caring. Even though I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, there was still something about an unworthiness. And I just felt at that time with Father Gino Borney that I wanted to take some time of praying and fasting and good confession. Mm -hmm before God and before Gino Borney. Mm. And I, I went in to this was, was a, uh, it's a house that Gene knew it was a place that uh, Gene, uh, was it D. Doherty? D. Doherty had, and she's a school teacher, and she let me have the place for the whole day. Let me tell you something. That was an awesome experience I had with God. I felt washed in the blood. Mm -hmm. I felt totally clean. And I tell myself, I, I, I just felt mm. released. Mm. Now there was something happened. You know, there are times I've said the words before, but something happened in good mm. confession, good deliverance. Mm. Gene O'Borney prayed for me because I had such condemnation. Mm -hmm. I left that place mm -hmm. a new man. Yeah. And even Carol, what did I, what did I look like when I came? Well, when he went, I, I knew he was going to just unload his heart so to speak I didn't understand it completely but when he came home I mean he just got on his knees before me and just asked for forgiveness and he was just a different person he was just completely uh, yeah he was new <laughs> washed and I, that was a great milestone in my, in my life at that time but then after before Carol God gave me and I don't understand I go back and listen to the tape I don't understand how I got it but God, I was, Ralph Martin was, was teaching in, in, in um, Ann Arbor at that time during the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. He was teaching, a, uh, giving a session on marriage, and he talked about the Trinity. And it was, um, let me see if I can just give you an example here. What he was saying... I don't know if I get this on tape, but he was saying this. This is this is the, uh, this, is the this is God, this is the husband, and this is the wife. And first of all, what he said: everything that Jesus did, he give glory 
to the Father. Everything the Father did, he gave glory to Jesus. And that was the Holy Spirit in between the two. The Holy Spirit is many times, I guess, looked at the worker. But he was moving, doing this in such a way that Jesus was so honoring the Father all the time, and the Father was honoring Jesus, it's like they were trying to outdo one another, giving honor to each other. And he said this, if the husband who will be filled with the Holy Spirit will, will have a relationship with God, that God will teach him how to be a husband and everything he does will try to honor toward his wife. Everything, and he, his whole motive is this, honoring his wife. He doesn't worry about what his, how his wife's going to respond because he's got a direct connection here with God. The Holy Spirit now will work on the wife. And so you don't have to worry about the wife. You just worry about yourself. And then when the wife gets moved by the Holy Spirit, the wife now is going to be giving honor to the husband. And there's the Holy Spirit in between this like this over here, so you got to, it's an ongoing thing. The husband is honoring the wife and trying to make her feel like she's the greatest woman on the face of the earth. The wife, moved by the Holy Spirit, is honoring the husband, and you got the Holy Spirit and God that's in your house just totally rejoicing. You got an awesome, it's a, it, it just never stops. But that wasn't, I was young in the Lord. And God gave me that picture through that tape. And I thought something just drove me from there. Because I wanted it for myself. I just, you know, then after I got this, I, uh, I became very resentful towards the church that I came out of because I felt my parents never had just explained to them. They never walked in it. I never heard my father say I love you to his mother, to my mother, nor did my mother ever say that to him. My dad was brought up in the denomination whereby the man ruled and the woman followed. And it was all self-centered rule. They're very good, they're good parents, they love the kids, but they never knew Jesus. Later on, I had to really repent for my attitude for that denomination, for that church. But this is, this is what God gave me a picture for of that. And, and I tell some, because he, I seen it in sight, it drove me. I didn't have anybody to look to in, the, in, the, in our charismatic group. I only had one man, and that was Bob Johnson. I seen the relationship him and his wife had. And I, my prayer was, that I could have a marriage someday just like him, mm. and that I could have children, uh, my children we respect, Carol and I, like they respected Bob. So, mm. okay. Yeah, so that, just that whole thing uh, with that vision that God gave him, uh, it was such a blessing and a security for me to see him wanting to be all that God made him to be as a husband. And that, of course, spurred me on to do the same, and I began, you know, to dig into the the word into books and, and, and understanding my, you know, marriage relationship, my part. So, and even though he did it with much in, uh, more intensity uh, than, than I, than I did, okay. <laughs> so he saw in the word also as he was digging into it, to love your wives 
and don't be harsh with them. Colossians 3.19 says that. And he began asking God to change his heart because that that had, had come across the harshness was still in him. And as God began changing his heart, it became really evident to me and how he was studying me to understand how I feel, how I think, and what women really are all about. A great healing began in me. And all those things that I talked about before just began to dissipate. And, and I've seen such a change over Don in the, in the years to becoming a sensitive, compassionate, tender, strong man who loves God with his whole heart and gives his time and energy to see our marriage to be all that it can be and his relationship to, with God to be all it can be. And plus to share the vision that he just shared with you with other people. So I'm really thankful for my covering and Don. And he is truly the head of our, our family and our home as God meant for him to be. And I, as I learned to be then uh, obedient to God in my role, I found you know, joy, peace, and fulfillment in my life. And it goes on and on. Now, because um, because of that picture that God gave me, um, Scripture meant something different to me from that time on. When it, as, as far as just pertaining to marriage, I use this a lot of these same scriptures um, for bi- building in the business, but just in particular in my relationship with Carol, okay? Um, and even I'll back, we're back to the paper now. In Ephesians 5.23, it says, For the husband is the head of wife, as Christ also is the head of church, he himself being the savior of the body. I don't really know what this meant at all. But I know that as a husband, I had to come to the understanding that for me to be successful, I must be a man molded after Jesus. That that I knew, I, and I because in all my weaknesses and a lot of things that God was showing me, it's amazing. He didn't show me everything all at once. I was only shown a little bit at a time, and every time I was shown something, I mean, I, I would always be excited because I we changed, and our relationship was always better. And I always felt that I've arrived. Only to the point, it's like sometimes in the stock market, it just keeps going up, and all of a sudden there's a correction. But it does keep going up. So it seemed like, you know, that uh, God would show me some things that I need to repent and change in. And then we could, we'd be going up again, you know, because we would always have studying and looking, reading books, okay? But um, this really, these, these type of scriptures really stirred in me. It says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am in the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I just really stirred that, that, that apart from Jesus, I can't be the man that I need to be without his help. And I would, I would talk to God in the best way I knew how to talk to him. 
but I, I was getting so blessed by what I seen in Carol, my wife, the joy that she was getting because she felt so good because I was trying to change. That this was the biggest priority in my life, changing. It meant more to our relationship because of this picture meant more to me than even though I worked many hours, this over here was more important. I spent more time praying and looking for books that would teach me on how to be a bedroom husband because there was at that time no role model. The only one I had to look to was Jesus Christ. Okay? I got to understand yes, I got to understand it. It says in 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, for rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. So the man of God the husband may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God had confronted me, you know, just so many times. I mean, I remember, uh, and, and you know, when, you really, when you're praying and you're really sincere, God will find ways to get your attention. And um, I, I'm just reminded of the time that uh, we had an elders meeting, and this is when we had self-appointed elders back in the charismatic movement. And... Um, <laughs> I was doing a lot of working, and um, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I thought I was doing real good. <laughs> and one day at an elders meeting, I don't know how we got on the subject, but my wife started crying. Uh, she says, Don isn't everything you think he is. <laughs> I mean, my jaw dropped. <laughs> I thought I'd do it pretty good, you know, bring a nice, a whole, a nice paycheck at home and everything. The next day I was on a carpet with the elders. <laughs> but he did. You know, it, 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 it just made... <laughs> I was embarrassed, man. <laughs> but it, God got a hold of my... He got a hold of my attention. And... <laughs> uh, it, And um, there were areas that I, I needed to change it. I didn't think before that I did, but I, I learned this, that Carol and I wasn't really one in it. And so those are things that God really uses. Confrontation is really good in a marriage if it points toward God, because it makes you a better person after that. Don't fear confrontation, because the fruit of it, if it's in God, I tell you something, it'll make you a better couple. Okay? Yeah? I, I just want to just share with you, you know, that that's not really what the wife said, but that's probably how you heard it. You know? <laughs> 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 no, no, really, I, I'm serious. Why I'm saying that is Carol did not say that. Carol, we were talking about things and Don was busy, and, and I think really she just cried as we were talking about something, and, you know, but in your mind, it probably echoed that loudly to get your attention because you felt if I'm not doing this wouldn't be happening to her if I was doing all Oh, yeah, I was really hurt by it. You know, but it oh, wasn't no. like she, she really was not uh, yeah. They did remember they were there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I was hurt by it because I felt that I failed. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it caused me to really go before God and had to repent whatever he had to do it, what I had to repent into, you know what I'm saying? Okay. 
Let me move along here now. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He loves her. Now this, now this is, by the way, revelations I got years later down the road. We've gotten past this point now where I'm working quite so much, okay? <laughs> but loving, husbands, love your wife. There's a way God had to teach me on how to love my wife romantically. We men sometimes, when we come home from work and we go upstairs in the bedroom, we can get turned on just like that. Our wives don't do that. You know, I've had to learn, I went to a, <laughs> I've had to learn and I, on, how, on how women think. Well, let me tell you something. It, it's uh, God gave me a word one time and he says I want you to study your wife I shared that with a brother he says you never study your wife but that's the word God gave me and I understood what he's saying I want you to get to know your wife and how she thinks why she acts the way she acts because I couldn't understand why she acted the way she acted I mean when, you know I couldn't until I start reading reading books about romance that a woman has to be romance I mean treated right when you leave the house in the morning <laughs> so so I was and I failed so many times in that that uh, and, and, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to me on that. And so I would get, the Holy Spirit was training me in this way here. That if something happened that Carol and I had a disagreement and I left the house, and I, it wasn't quite in the right spirit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we weren't, weren't mad at each other like that, but we, I just didn't feel we were one. When I got to work, I called her. Because I know how dangerous and how disastrous it is not having being one with my wife the devil by this time i mean he's a god has shown me by this time here when carol and i and i eat one the devil's got permission to come and work in our marriage and work in my family and so by time now you know i got so used to the fruit of this apologizing that even if my wife was dead wrong i called her and asked forgiveness for the situation And you want to know something? Every time when I called her and I said, Honey, I'm sorry for the way that happened. She says, Honey, I forgive you, but I was wrong. Let me tell you something. Forgiveness and praying for one another is so powerful. Okay. Don is real good at that. He's, he's quick to want to resolve things, and I'm a slow to forgive her. And uh, it's, it's something that I we still continue to work on. He, he's just... As soon as he knows that there's an issue that we disagree on, he'll just, uh, like he says, call me and, and say, at least he'll call him and we'll agree to disagree. So, you, you know, so that at least you know that you're not against each other, but you have a difference of opinion, okay? And you have to, we have to work it out yet, but not to let that affect our relationship. And so we worked on that over the years. And, uh, but he is so quick to say, I'm sorry, 
and that has just really provoked me so many times because I am just like, oh, I'm right on this part, and you know, and, and if you wouldn't have done that, or you know, and I'm just I rehash it in my mind rather than say I forgive you, honey, and forgive me, I was wrong on this part. It takes me a lot longer, but um, you know, so that's done. I appreciate that and done, and he just provokes me whenever our disagreements come up. <laughs> He loves her spiritually. I think there's that this part is, is 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 so important because I think for you to love your wife spiritually, you've got to have a clean heart yourself. I you know when I make mistakes, um, I, I spend a lot of time praying for myself, praying God forgive me, change me. Whether it's at home or it's at work, I spend time praying. Lord, give me a clean heart, and I and I and God knows it. But I I, I let I say, God, don't pull your hand off of me, because I know me. Without your hand being upon me, I tell them I would mess things up, because we're basically so self-centered. But I, I pray I, I pray for Carol because God gave me the vision, and I I, I continually work in that direction on marriage. Uh, I continually pray for my wife and I pray for myself that I can be the man that God wants me to make, be. And I tell you what, motive, what drives me to prayer is so many times when I've made a mistake. I ask God. And sometimes, you know, Carol, sometimes she says she's slow to forgive sometimes. But I think she wants to know, Donna, are you really sincere? I don't think... I don't think our mates want us to hear want to hear a quick I'm sorry. Are you really sorry? This is what their mates want to hear. Okay? He loves her through understanding. It, it, it's still I'm still learning. I know that when when women are younger there, there's a childbearing age and then there's the time that you go through change of life and things like that. I tell you something, God, we men need to understand our wife. We need to understand their emotions. And if we're not studying, I mean, let me tell you, I, there was a, a great man, uh, his name was Quanabush, Dr. Quanabush. And I asked Dr. Quanabush this question, he says, uh, at a retreat one time, he says, how did you get to know so much? And he was in his 60s or maybe 70s. He said, I read a lot of other men's revelations. I read a lot, read a lot of other men's books. And he says, when the guy finds something that is good, I take it before God and I pray about it. And if God wants me, wants it, he, he says, I bring it into myself. There is so much in the scripture that in a lifetime is difficult maybe to understand it all. If you only research it just by yourself. That's why God gave us apostles. He gave us prophets. That's why he gave us people that will write good marriage books. And so I read books about why my wife thinks the way she thinks. And so I can understand her. I read books on sex. There's a good book. What's the one? What? The one intended for pleasure. I mean, it's, um, I don't read it just for my own pleasure. I read it because <laughs> I want to understand. I thought I've learned a lot in that book. And I recommend everyone get it. Uh, 
it's, it's really helped me a lot to understand the makeup of a woman. And it has taught me a lot on how to handle my wife better, that I can understand her, love her through that, okay? So, love and sunshine, I mean, love and understanding to our wives is like sunshine and water is to a rose. As a husband, I've learned how, learned this, and God, by reading, by the way, by reading, when you're praying for your wife and praying for your family, you read a word like this in Philippians 2, 1, and 3. As a husband, learn how to do nothing but from selfish, empty conceit, but to humility of mind, regard my wife as more important than myself. I do not look out for my own personal interests, but for the interests of my wife. I'm always learning that whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is good in my wife, I will dwell on these things. Now, my wife loves birds. I mean, I could care less about birds. <laughs> when I was at the farm, we used to take our BB guns and shoot them. <laughs> Carol <laughs> talks about differences, but she loved birds. And uh, you know what? Because my wife loves birds, I'll do things, put little bird houses up, and once, I mean, right above our garage, there's a bird feeder there. I know what that bird feeder It's because when she gets up in the morning, she can see the birds eating there, you know what I'm saying? But these are things that Carol does a lot of things to make me happy that she doesn't really care about. And, and, and because of this, God has showed me, consider your wife more important than yourself. And things that she loves, do for her. You see? Moving right along, okay? That he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. Okay, I'm not going to read that. But one of the things is that the Lord has showed me in, in this over here is that for me to be able to really walk upright, I have got to be a man that is consumed by the word. I've got, and you know what? When, when it, and this also, by the way, in here, it goes with confession. Confession I, is just so important between husband and wife. If you've offended your wife, or if you've done something that you know that you're guilty of, to bring it to before God, when God speaks it to you, I have found great success. I have shared, let me get on it, I have shared things um, uh, with my wife and regarding temptation, and I tell myself, it, it, my wife knows me. She knows how I think. She's also a protector of my mind. I think there's some, there some people that you just, you're, you're too much at liberty with our mind. Women, you allow your husband to sit at the boob tube watching this garbage that comes along TV, 
like God has told me to study my wife I think women you need to understand more so how men think some of the stuff that comes across TV and movies when it comes to other women it enters the husband's mind and let me tell you something if a husband keeps allowing himself to play with impurity somewhere somewhere along the line that man will get in trouble Lot made a covenant I think it was Lot which one is the one that made a covenant with his eyes Job made a covenant with his eyes and you read in scripture why did he do that because temptation is strong I don't my wife and I if I know that there's going to be nudity on a movie or something like that and I know it beforehand I don't want to go we have walked out of movies because I tell some to walk out of a movie is to make a stand that my husband and I myself will not look at stuff like that we are too permissive today if we stop going to movies with that kind of garbage let me tell you something it will give a message out we we just allow too much of it my wife and I we protect each other we went to st. Martin's and a lot of places that there they had nudity over there things like that my wife and I we stay away from that there is no man that is strong enough to be able to look at another woman's body continually over and over again God says stay away from that kind of stuff and I tell some it's a serious problem today and I tell some Christian men and Christian women I tell some it, it, it if you only knew how dangerous it is it is if I'm gonna set a standard I set a standard in my own home I don't watch it I don't like it I've seen people that turn stuff on sometimes over, over at the house and I went to bed today's young adults I tell some there it's too permissive we don't know what's being set up so okay um, that he might sanctify her now uh, that he might present to himself the church and all her glory having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing but she should be holy and blameless now this is an awesome statement that is being made here this is a profound statement and awesome picture of what my wife can become as husband the Lord Jesus Christ wants to teach and show me how to create an environment in my home where the Holy Spirit has full reign to bring my wife into the full image of what God intends his daughter to become okay now when it talks about this over here our homes becoming without spot and blemish Jesus is coming for a bride that's without spot and blemish now, I dream about that and I said I wonder what is the what are Christians going to be like that the Lord, when the Lord comes for his body without spot in blemish this is something we need to start practicing right now in our own home so that I can look upon my wife and I can see the image of Jesus Christ formed in her God wants us to see the good in each other not the negative I remember one day just sitting on a couch and Carol was working in the kitchen and I just felt, it just felt the Lord asked me this, Don, what would you change, want to change in your wife? I said, nothing. I couldn't think of anything that I'd want changed in my wife.
I went to her and shared with her that. She, she ends up seeing her own weaknesses. But that's how, what God has done with my wife. I am so pleased with her. Mm-hmm. I brought a hammer along. <laughs> I, I gotta move along a little faster here. <laughs> Is Casey Matoska here? Okay. Um, the Word of God says that that God has given us a helpmate. And that that helpmate, that the image of God is molded with her. For us husbands, I may tell you something, it's good. And you know, you, you take like this hammer, if you do carpenter work, and I've done it, I've taken this hammer, and like maybe Casey has, because he's a carpenter, and I hit it. And I made a, you know what? And I took that finger, and I, mm. I mean, I loved it tenderly. I just didn't, I said, you stupid, you know? I didn't get mad at that finger and hit it again because it got in the way. I loved it tenderly. You know what? If we injure, we make a mistake, and we injure our mate. Do I love it tenderly? Do I run fast to forgive me? Do I run fast to restore it? Or do I take and hit it again? Recently, we got together with a couple. And they said, I don't know what happened. But we lose it. And we start hollering at each other in the wrong words come out. I think that can happen, the wrong words come out. But God is also saying this, be filled with the Spirit. That if we're filled with the Spirit, and we can, all of us, grow and master our roles, when something happens, we're not going to blast each other. I think the reason that so many Christian marriages, in the Christian marriages, that husband and wife can't minister to each other and pray for each other is because they're ashamed. We can go to church and I, it's easier if I can pray with other people, but with my own mate, I can become ashamed because we fail each other. When, when I mess up and I become self-centered and my wife knows I'm self-centered, that I am in the flesh. I am that ashamed that I can't pray. 
I can go to church and put a face on, and everybody says, how you doing, Don? And I says, doing great. But God's saying this, he doesn't want us to be ashamed. He wants us to come to him immediately. He wants husband and wife to be so open with each other that we can talk freely. So we can be in our own home walking sinless. But if we sin in our own home, we're fast to repent. So that, you know what, the only thing that you got to remember it's just a joy between you and your wife. Because it's like God forgives and forgets. And when the Holy Spirit is part of you repenting, you also forget. And the only thing that's left in the marriage is joy. Now, isn't that exciting? Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? And it's a continual thing. Okay? So. I'm going to... Um, quite a bit um, I just want to talk about little uh, just share a little bit about accountability I remember one day uh, Don Silver he was real good at that Don Silver used to pick on me a lot he, um, he, he when he every time he comes to the house he says Don how are you and Carol doing I said doing fantastic doing good everything's going good in the church doing good at work, doing good in the marriage. And um, I always felt, I, I do feel that way. I'm more positive and uplifting. And then he always say, Carol, how you doing? And for some reason, Carol always gives a little different picture. <laughs> so um, Don says, he said, how much time do you spend with your wife? I says, a lot. He knows I'm doing a lot of work, a lot of there, a lot here. And, well, how can you do a lot with your wife? So, as we have this practice. Uh, we go out and we have at least once a week, sometimes even more. We have a date. I, I've learned this, and uh, that many a men and will treat the woman. I mean, it's really fun to watch Joe and Shelley. I mean, everything Joe does is really i mean you know he's on time for everything and he's buying her flowers and all he's doing he's doing this i mean i wish i could take a movie what they're doing but you know what it's, it's true and how many times before we get married and we go out on dates we say the right words we do everything right and for some reason after you get married a lot of things stop god says you know what i want you to start doing the things that you did before you get married, before you got married, and we've developed a habit of that. And let me tell you, we go out on dates, we go by the lake, we'll do a lot of things different. We'll go out and have fun, and you know what? Something really adds to life. Let me tell you something. When we went to St. Martin, we had a blast. So, okay. But Don, you know what Don Silver did? He told me he said, Don, I want you to keep track for 30 days everything you do. He said, I want to know hour by hour. I want to know how much time you're spending at work. I want to know how much time you're spending at prayers. I mean, you know, reading the word. I want to know how much time you're spending with your wife. If you want to film, that's the best thing I ever did. Because it spoke to me where my, where my time went. You know, for 30 days, he says, I want you to do that. And I did it. And I learned a lot from it, okay? 
Now, in Ephesians 5.32, it says, This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. I looked in the dictionary what mystery, uh, what it means. It says, something that cannot be or has not been explained or understood. The religious sense which rests on revelation and cannot, cannot be understood in terms of human reasoning. Once you understand and walk in the revelation of this parable, it'll affect every area of your life. Your marriage, your career, your social life, and your church life. Without the revelation, one does not walk in faith and action. Therefore, he does not have the inner motivation to his marriage becoming God's pattern for marriage. As a Christian, he will walk out marriage commitment with only a natural understanding if we don't see it. And it all comes down to this tonight. If I can't see and God shows me what my wife can become or give you a picture of it because I become a man of God you won't be driven to see in your marriage become God's pattern you won't be driven to see that it becomes a holy marriage the big cry of children today I wish mommy and daddy loved each other. God doesn't want to act out, want us to act out love. He wants his nature formed in me, and he wants his nature formed in my wife. And he wants us to have such an awesome marriage relationship experientially that it brings testimony the second coming of Christ. That's God's motive. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now every one of us, you know where you're at today. Some of us know this, that the devil's got you fighting each other because you don't know how to do it any other way. God wants to show you. God wants you to cry out before him. Wants the men to be able to be men to receive the revelation from him of what he wants your marriage to become. He wants women to receive and what he wants the woman to become. You must let God speak that to you because if you don't have it, you'll be working it out in it with natural understanding. Do I have to turn it down or is it on?